0: Katie Boyd is on a mission to change women's lives. She's the host of the Ambitious Podcast, an empowering extension of her first baby, Katie Boyd's Miss Fit Club. This multifaceted health and wellness platform has transformed the lives and mindsets of tens of thousands of women from all over the globe. So you're going to want to stick around. I'm having a conversation with Katie Boyd. and regain your control. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Rat Race Reboot. I am so excited to be here with Katie Boyd today. And we were just laughing backstage in the green room. Um, it's, it's been over a year since you and I worked on this together.
1: I know. And came up with the concept of Rat Race Reboot. And here we are. Well, as as, you. as you know, your intro going on, I literally have... Chicken skin. Like every hair in my body standing up straight because I just love, like one of my favorite things in the world is to see someone have an idea and then do all the things that it takes to make that come true. And you did it. And like, high five, sister. I'm so proud of you, girl. Thank you. Oh my gosh.
0: No, I appreciate you. You've been um, an incredible part of this journey. And um, yeah, I'm so grateful for you. And that's why I'm so grateful that you're on this call today because- A lot of the things that I talk about with my clients um, and a lot of different facets of it, I learned from you and I really solidified those pieces of just setting fierce boundaries and just being the HBIC of my life. Like I want to talk all about that because I feel like so many people are struggling. They want more. They want to know that there's more out of life than just being in this rat race and this constant pull on people's demands and life and family and work. Um, and and you really honed it in and helped so many people in that that way. So, Thank
1: you so yeah. much. Yeah. I mean, Ambitious really is on the same line with Rat Race Reboot. I mean, yes, they are different names, but we do teach and educate and give tools kind of the same way. And I truly believe in the core of my being that everyone – on earth it is their birthright to have freedom and i'm not just being like freedom to do whatever you want scratch your ass whenever you want i'm talking like financial freedom time freedom and when you have the fierce boundaries which is what i teach and you have what i call the six life makers and breakers yeah. you know uh, under your belt then your life will be, as we call it, ambitious. And you will be the HBIC, the head bitch in control of your ambitious life. And that's, you know, we, we, it's a whole play on words, and we'd like to make it fun for our community. We call the hood <laughs> instead of yep. the sisterhood. Um, but I really, truly believe that everybody can have the freedom that they desire in whatever that means for them, because, you know, we both have freedom, but our desires and wants in the freedom realm are very different but it's on everyone's terms, and that's what's really super important
0: mm. and I love that you're bringing that it, We can want different things, and those desires are on your own terms, because right. I feel like so many people now with all of these external demands they're they're not really thinking and they're allowing these things to influence what they think they should have or what they think they should want. Or the next step in their career or their life. It's like they're not even their
1: own thoughts. Yes. And I hate to say it. And I, and I know people get like, Katie, stop talking about social media. But I feel like social media has really taken a toll on especially women. Mm-hmm. Because we look at all these women's lives. And we're like, why don't I have the Maserati? Why don't I have the supermodel husband? Why am I not in a yacht in Capri? And it's mm-hmm. like, you don't have to have that. That may not be any of your heart's desires. Mm-hmm. You may just want to live a really slow, simple life and homeschool your ch- child and have a, a farm like I don't know what it means to you to have like this ambitious life, but i I try not to look at other people's lives and try to do what they're doing because anybody that I've ever seen in my life that I've coached especially that have, has done that it's bit them in the ass yeah. like they get those things and they're just like wait a minute, I thought I would be happy if I had all these things because everyone else out there in social media land Mm -hmm. who's posting their highlight reels of their lives, like maybe they're not happy. And that's a big slap in the face to a lot of people. And that's usually when people come to me like, hey, I did all these things and I'm still not happy. So now what? And then I teach them how they have to listen to their own inner voice, their own intuition. And especially as women, we've really had that beaten out of us over the years. Yeah. And we've also really had to step into our masculine energy mm-hmm. in the last 30, 40 years. You know, like back in the eighty. I mean, I was born in 81. So I wasn't in the workforce, yeah. but you know, I, I loved the old eighties movies and stuff like that. And it was like, you know, working nine to five, you know, and you, yeah. and you're wearing these big power suits and your hair is super short and you know, yeah. you're like trying to no makeup and you're trying to be like a dude yeah. and it's like, we're not built for that. We as women are not built for that. I mean, yes, there's, we have to have the masculine and the. And the feminine balance. But when we're to one side of the spectrum, that's when we get ourselves into trouble. And that's when we have these pr- pretend lives that we think are going to fill that heart sized hole in our soul, where I always say, you know, the kingdom of heaven is within us now. We don't need to be looking outside of ourselves for all of these things. We have to listen and get still to that small voice inside of us that's saying, yeah, I wouldn't do that if I was you. Mm, but you said, mm. but, but Sally Sue on, on Instagram, she's doing that. So it must be worthwhile. It's like, you know, I always say, make the main thing, the main thing.
0: Yeah. It's I love so
1: that. important and don't major in minor things. Right. Yeah. You're spreading your net all over. Or I think like Abraham Lincoln said, like, you know, give me so many hours to chop down a tree and I'll like, you know, just plan out and then I'll have the ax. I'll just keep hitting the same spot. Yeah. If you're trying to chop the tree down all up <laughs> and down, <laughs> it's not going to fall. Right. And I think that that's where we really get uh, just disjointed. And that's usually when I I step in and I'm like, oh, honey, we we're, we're going to have to have a conversation. Yeah. And it's about being, like I said, the HBIC of your life. Because there's a lot of things, as you know, that are not in control in this world. But there are certain things that are in control. And that's what I call the six life makers, which is your spiritual connection, Mm -hmm. your fierce boundaries, your wellness and your health, right? And your relationships and the environment that you live in. And last but not least, your financial freedom and your money mindset. And I think a lot of people, they want to go to the money, but they don't want to have all the first five things in order before they they manifest the wealth.
0: I love that you're saying that because I was just reading an article. Um, and I, in my neuro, one of my neuroscience classes, we were talking about motivation. Yeah. And <clears throat> there are different experiments there where like, kids are putting together a puzzle and then they, one group gets a monetary reward and then they lose interest. And then, so I was listening to this TED talk and then reading the transcript about some studies with money and how, you know, there's a lot of people, if, if well, if they win the lottery and they get a, a ton of money, they're, they kind of pull away. They become kind of so, sort of antisocial. Yes. They're, they're afraid of losing it. They're afraid that people are going to come after them right. for it. They, um, they kind of waste it all. Uh, you know, everything's on themselves. Yes. Where we are social beings. And so through their research, they found that, Teams perform better like then they were doing this experiment with like five, ten, fifteen dollars, but one group was like to spend it on themselves and the other was to spend it on their team members. Right. But the teams actually performed better with that kind of outward mindset and that pro social behavior. Mm-hmm. So I like that you have those those six you know, makers and breakers yes. and, and how the, the financial piece of it is a piece of it, but it's those other pieces that are really the foundation. Right.
1: And I think a lot of women right now they really crave and desire that financial freedom. Yep. But what they don't understand is financial freedom and wealth and abundance comes with wisdom. And that's why, like, you just brought up a really funny point about uh, how, you know, people win money in the lottery. Most people that win money in the lottery have never had to work for that money, right? Mm -hmm. So they've never had to gain the mindset of how to take care of millions or even sometimes hundreds of millions of dollars. And that's why they get it all. And then they just blow it all on a bunch of like lions for their front, uh, front of their house. Right. You always see these people. They're like, I need the big lions. I need the big lions in front of the house. More marble columns. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I know this person going to be broke in like seven months. And yeah. it always happens. You yeah. always see like those shows on TV where it's yeah. like they had all this money and then they like lost yeah. it all because they didn't have the wisdom. And so the first five out of the six life makers gives you the wisdom and the grounding and the connectivity to source energy and just the, just really the self-esteem and confidence to be like, when I do gain this wealth and abundance, mm-hmm. I know how to manage it because I'm wise. And wisdom takes time. Yeah. Right. I mean, like, I'm sure like in your business, it's just like in my business, like there's shit we did 10 years ago that we would never do now. No. Like just the thought yeah. of it is like, oh, no, thank you. Like I just yeah. cringe. Right. Yeah. But 10 years ago we'd be like, yeah, sure. Pile it on me. Right. But now we've gone through all of these different experiences and we've gained the wisdom and I'm sorry. Money cannot buy that.
0: Mm-hmm. That just
1: cannot only experience. And it part my French, but fucking up. Is what actually gives you the wisdom because you don't learn anything if you're always like you know easy street shaking it and living your best life. You know, it's like when you're in your darkest times or you've had to file bankruptcy or you've lost a business or. You know, everyone in your company walked out on you. This stuff happens every day. Right. Those are the things that are like, oh, okay, if this is, I'm going to take radical responsibility for where I am because all this stuff that happened, and this is part about being ambitious too, yeah. is taking radical responsibility for everything, never playing the victim. Because when we take radical responsibility for everything in our lives, that is so empowering. Right. Yeah. And when we're like, well, she did this to me, and this is why my business didn't work out, and this is why this didn't happen. And it, it's like, no, what did you do? Why were your boundaries not fierce? Why were you not showing up a certain way? Right. Why were you not, you know, cloaking yourself and, and, and really making sure that your energy is on point every day and mm-hmm. making sure you're healthy? Because I always say to people, who gives a shit how much money you have in your bank? If you are sick, you ain't right. going to be able to spend it, child.
0: so get it together and that's
1: where um, really like the brainchild of ambitious was really born because I was going through my own stuff where I felt not in my power where I felt kind of like Washed up or taken advantage of, and I was very much in my victim mentality. <clears throat> and I always tell the story how I was meditating one day, and my grandmother, who passed away, came to me and she was like, "Remember, I taught you this, how to be ambitious." Wow. But she, you know, she because yeah. I talk about it in my book, Ambitious, about how when I was little, this boy used to call me a bitch in school every every day because he wanted my lunchables. Oh, do you remember the Lunchables? Uh, yeah, of course. Disgusting. I can't yeah, believe I, I, I ate it. I mean, I, <laughs> I that's <had> the... <laughs> why I do love a charcuterie board now. It was like my step too. one Lunchable, yeah. right? Um, but I remember this kid called me a bitch every day, and I would go home crying, 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 and my grandmother said to me, don't you understand that being a bitch is not a bad thing? And I was like, well... I don't know. Cause this Johnny poop face is using this like a weaponized noun. Yeah. And she explained to me that when you, when people call you these names, it's because you're standing in your power because you're not just rolling over and taking it and you have boundaries. And, I think as I grew up, I forgot about that conversation. Yeah. And when you get still and when you get quiet, that's when spirit can talk to you. And that's where Ambitious was born. And I totally, within like six months of my life, I left uh, a business that I had been in for you know two decades where I left a lot of money on the table just mm-hmm. because I was like, I can't do this anymore. Right. And now my business and my life has never been better. And I still have step one moments where I go back to the opposite of being ambitious. Mm-hmm but I always can pull myself back quicker every time. That's
0: uh, that is so key because there are, you know, you're just getting me thinking about some things that have been happening recently and really setting those boundaries, being ambitious and knowing what it is you truly want and desire and how sometimes encounters with other people can be an invitation to to go back, right?
1: And a a lesson. And a lesson. And a big old lesson. And a big old
0: lesson. Yes. Um, And, you know, I recently had some and sometimes it can come in the form of people who are trying to help help you oh, yeah. right and they're not really being helpful because they're trying to get you to do things that they, they think have an you ulterior, should ulterior
1: then they have an ulterior motive
0: exactly absolutely right. and that's that's not coaching mm-hmm. right um, but in those moments very recently I had to take a step back and I thought am I hard-headed am I I called I called a few friends am I hard-headed and yeah. I had a friend go Wait, yes, (laughs) and...
1: Mm-hmm. because you know what you want. Absolutely. And like you called me the other day. Well, you texted me and you're yeah. like, Hey, can you Same hop at a call with yeah. me real quick? Yeah. And you kind of explained what was going on. Yeah. And at first when you told me, because I'm so tapped into like my intuition yeah. and you're like, just do some witchy shit. Like tell me, <laughs> tell me what's going on. And I was like, okay, hold on for a second. And I felt instantly like, this is not good, yeah. but you're your own person and you have your own intuition. And I always want my friends, the people I coach, anyone who's special in my life to hone their own intuition because mm-hmm. you have it. We just tamp it down because, yes. well, so this looks really good on paper. Right. Or this is like very, this is a lot of gravitas behind this. Giving this
0: person the benefit of the doubt.
1: Oh, girl. That's we don't, what I was We doing. don't do that. Right. Because here's another thing with the benefit of the doubt. Why are we, Okay. I don't know how you grew up, but I know for me, we've had these conversations before. For me, my mother would say, don't judge a book by its cover, Mm -hmm. give people the benefit of the doubt. And then what happens is when people that we look up to or admire those people that are our family of origin, when they're saying these things to us, we instantly go to like, well, my mom told me to not judge a book by its cover and give people the benefit of the doubt. But I'm actually from the school is like, you now because of who I am today mm-hmm. and how much I've gone through and how much I've grown and worked on myself, you have to prove to me that yep. you are worth me giving you this benefit of the doubt. Because especially as women, we jump so quickly to be like, well, just like trust people. And then like, if they screw us over, then we can like figure it out like down the road. Yep. But you did the thing the next day after we got yep. the phone and you had the experience and then you texted me and you were like, by the way, <laughs> this did not feel good at all. Nope. and I was like, yes, yeah. because at first when we were talking on the phone, it, I was like, ooh, this is like, I in my head, and I'm not like a doubter, naysayer type yeah, person, yeah. but I was like, this feels a little bit too good to be true. Yes, and I'm like, where is this coming from? And mm-hmm. then the next day, you realize what was actually like behind it. Yep, and that's another thing too is that when we really trust our intuition, it's like a muscle. Every time we trust our intuition and we like learn that like we're on point, it gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And then you end up being like the Arnold Schwarzenegger of intuition.
0: (laughs) Exactly. You know, you're like the
1: Mr. Olympia of of intuition. And that's when you can just like look at someone and be like, no, 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 I'm not doing this. Mm -hmm. And then because as you know, because we're in the same business, all this shit is a distraction from the main thing. which is showing up, giving value, and helping people, which is what we both do because we're both coaches, right? Right. And when we're distracted by all the shiny things, then we're taking our energy away from the main thing. And every time we go off track, then we always end up like, fuck, why did I do that? Yeah. Every time.
0: Every time. And it's interesting because we all have like a red flag or a tell when when, when our intuition is trying to tell us something and we're fighting it. So mine, I was going to
1: say, what is yours? Oh,
0: mine is, I want to get a sanity check from other people.
1: Like, <laughs> so you, everyone's like licking their yeah, finger and sticking yeah, up in the wind. Yeah. Like, see, Yeah.
0: You know? And so when I have the sense to bounce it off of other people, mm-hmm. I know that I'm not in alignment. Yes. And because of that benefit of the doubt, trying to be nice, I, in that situation, I felt like something was off, but I'm like, okay, I'm going to see what happens. Yeah. It's, it, I'm not hurting anyone or myself. Let, let me just see where this goes. And then I was like, ugh, but I knew it,
1: Yeah, which you, is
0: why I contacted do you. Do
1: you feel like when you go through, the, through those type of energies, do you, do you feel anything viscerally or physically when those types of, because I'm a more physical person. Like I feel it yeah. instantly. Like if something is off or something's not right, Or I feel myself going back into the old patterning and the old programming that I used to have before I became this person. Yeah, I feel this adrenaline that comes from the tips of my toes up out of the top of my head and my whole body gets hot and then my insides start to shake. Oh my goodness. It's like an instant visceral reaction. It's so strong and I can't tell you how many times that I felt that way and gone against it. Ugh. And then you learn your lesson real quick. Yeah.
0: I'm, yeah. But that's for like, me, it's yeah. like a
1: visceral thing.
0: Okay. And that's, you know, when you have the hair stand up on the back of your Ooh, neck and you're in a yes. place that you feel unsafe and somebody's behind you, you know,
1: that's really. Usually the grocery store. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I was going to say, turn around and go back
1: off, yeah, I'm but like, in the grocery store. Up. You're a little too close. Back off. Even before social distancing, I was yeah. like, child, you are too close to me now. You need yeah. to back up now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we, don't, we often don't, whoop, sorry. Happens.
1: That happens. That, often that happens. Yeah. Yeah. We don't listen. And that's why we as women are always in this like victim role yeah. where a man- Most men, not all men, but most men who are very in their divine masculine energy would have no problems turning around and be like, excuse me, sir, um, you need to be a Wonder Bread Bag away from me. <laughs> that is the length of yeah. like step off. Like yeah. I, my husband has no qualms telling people what's up. Yeah. And then in my head, I'm like, this doesn't feel right. Why is this person so standing so close to me? Yeah. Why is this? Ha- <laughs> and then I get in the car and I'm like, yeah, like shaking tense. like a leaf. Yeah. I'm like, this is crazy. Yeah. And that's where it is good to have the masculine energy and that feminine energy, the balance, where you're like, I can be feminine and loving and kind and tender, but then I also have to like put my foot down sometimes and be like, yo, you need to back. You're a little too close to me.
0: Right. And I love that because, you know, we can also. Tap into our feminine energy in that situation. Just learning different ways of addressing things. Like I could be like, "Oh, you're a, you're a close talker. I'm not. Love you, but I'm gonna back up. You know." But it's, it's like then, a Seinfeld
1: episode.
0: Right, right, like a close talker. <laughs> but then I can kind of play with it, be true to myself, yes. and be kind
1: without being like, yeah. you know, you're too in my face" or whatever. Yeah. But you say it more like in a joking way, mm-hmm. um, or like even I think about things that I used to do when I was younger, where like. Like I remember um working in a club yep. when I was like in my early twenties and I would work the little coat room. You know, the guys yeah. would come and they'd put their coat in, whatever. And I remember I, I remember I was wearing this cute little outfit one day and this older man was like, twirl for me. Twirl for me. And like in my head I'm like, You do what people tell you to do, because mm-hmm. you're a people pleaser, that's how I was yep. raised. And I looked at him and I said, Honey, I don't twirl for anyone. And he was like good girl. Wow. It was almost like he was testing me. Yeah. You know, and I don't even think it was coming from him. I think it was like coming from God Yeah. because I was raised as a people pleaser and that's how I was, like my mother was a people pleaser, my grandmother was a people yeah. pleaser and then you just think, well, this is just what you do. Mm-hmm. When someone tells you what to do, you do what they, or they're not going to like you or they're not going to love you or whatever the case of the matter yep. is. And I see, I saw those glimpses of myself growing up, like those little moments where I stepped into my power yep. and then there was a lot more. Moments that I wasn't in my power, which, you know, took me longer to get to this place, but everything happens for a reason. Life is a journey and you just have to follow the breadcrumbs. And now if someone told me to twirl, I'd be like, oh, "Oh, oh, oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. I don't they wouldn't even say that to me. Right. They wouldn't even even say that to me. Yeah. You're a different energy walking into the room. I remember we were in California. My husband loves to tell this story. He loves to talk to me about the story all the time. We were in California. We were in Napa and we were at a really fancy restaurant. And I had a, we were drinking all day cause we were in Napa and I had a, probably a real good hardcore buzz going <laughs> and we were having dinner and you know, all the people there were like very, you know, you could tell they had money and I grew up with not a lot of money. So I was still trying to get my feet wet being around wealth and abundance and all that. So we're sitting there, we're having dinner and the waiter comes up to the server comes up to me and I was kind of like joking around with him yeah. and it was almost, and I was just trying to be nice and like just friendly. And as soon as I started joking around with him, I could feel his energy change. Like, oh, this, this bitch, she's not wealthy. She's just here like to have dinner. And probably this is the biggest thing that she's going to do for the rest of her life. And he never served me the rest of the dinner, like the way that he should have served me. Right. But he was running around everyone else's tables. Like, would, would you like more of this? Would you like more of that? And then he'd come and he would like literally throw the plate in front of me. Oh my gosh. It was really crazy. And my husband... when we left, he said to me, he goes, did you see how you were showing up and the energy you were holding? And did you see how the other women in the room were holding like this, like, and I don't mean to treat people like they're servants or anything like that, but it's like, they're there to serve me. They're, right, you know, and he goes like, you don't, you ever do that again. Don't you ever do that again? And I was so mad at my husband. I was like, that didn't happen. But then when I sobered up the next day and actually was thinking about how I was served, I was like, oh my God, like I dropped my energy down And he was just like, who cares about this chick? And he was like flitting around the restaurant taking care of everyone else. And ever since then, like I when I'm at a restaurant and like something comes to the table that I'm like, oh, this isn't cooked right or this isn't the what Mm -hmm. what I wanted, I have no qualms, like sending it back or whatever. But it was really funny because I never knew where this came from. And part about being ambitious is like always like working on yourself and doing all this inner child healing work and all this shadow work and all this stuff. And I went out with my dad and my mom once for dinner. And they brought my father this plate of food and it literally looked like cat food. I was like, who just took some fancy feast and just dumped this oh, on a plate? Like, oh are God. you joking me? Like, and yeah. it was a nice restaurant. Okay. And so my dad took a bite of it. and He's like, oh, this isn't good. And I was like, gonna tell the waitress, oh, my dad doesn't like yeah. this. Get something else. He goes, no, 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 no. He goes, you get what you get and you don't get upset. And right at that moment, I was like, oh my God, this is where all of my faulty programming came. That I thought I yeah. had to like, be nice to the waiter if I didn't like the food or I wasn't being served the right way. And I was yeah. like, when it comes full circle like that and you're like, oh, this is where it originated, then you can truly heal it. Yeah, You know, but you, sometimes you have to go into the mud and into the, I like to call it the shit pit mm-hmm. and you got to set up shop there for a little bit and be like, okay, why am I a people pleaser? What the fuck is wrong with me? And then you start like, God will show you real quick yep. what's wrong with you when you ask. Oh
0: my gosh. Yeah. Right? I, looking back on my life, like definitely the people pleaser or um, I would not ever let people in. And I would, but I would do things for everyone else, like yes. to lead or make sure they, they were okay. I don't, I don't take up much space. I don't want to be a burden. And i playing,
1: playing small, playing
0: small. And I've heard my mom say, "Oh, you don't have to call back," or, you, you know, and, and it, it's not, I'm not, I'm not knocking my mom. My mom's a beautiful yeah. woman. Um, but it's kind of like, aha, that's that's where it came from.
1: And I know? love that you see this, yeah. and I love that I see this because this is, I think, one of the strongest parts of being ambitious is breaking ancestral curses. So we all learn these things from our line. So it's like my great grandmother and then my grandmother did it. And then my mother did it. And then I do it. And then like, I don't have a daughter, but I have a niece and she does the same shit. And I am like, I am going to be the one who stops this energy yeah. And I truly believe and this is a very Native American belief, but when you heal yourself, you heal seven generations that will come after you and seven generations that came before you energetically. Okay. And like how amazing is it to be like the bolt cutter of those chains that have been passed down from generation to generation forever and ever. Amen. Yeah. It's very empowering. That is. Yeah.
0: And you know, though some of those beliefs might have served people Absolutely,
1: absolutely. I mean, I could
0: see some of the things that my mom said or did served her in in the situation we were in in our life when I was growing
1: up. Absolutely, but
0: I'm not in that spot anymore, so I don't need that anymore. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. But to
0: recognize it and say, "Hey, thank you. I appreciate you. You kept my mom safe. You kept me safe. But I don't need that anymore."
1: Hundred percent. And that and to me, that is so powerful. Yeah, it's so powerful, and I don't think that we think about those things enough. You Mm -hmm. know, we don't like pat ourselves on the back enough and be like, "Wow, like I healed this in my whole familial line, right? Like how badass am I?" Yeah, but we're also not taught about those things, and not a lot of people understand lineage energetically, Mm -hmm. but also in an epi—not to get nerdy—but in an epigenetic way, where you can actually see like. Certain gene expressions broken Mm -hmm. because maybe your great grandmother was a survivor of the Holocaust. And then it got passed down to your mother and you, all of these fear energies or like lack, not enoughness, like all these different things. And you're like, why am I even afraid of these things? Or why do these things bother me? Um, Honey, it's been passed down to your epigenetics because your great grandmother had to go through all these things to survive so that... You are here, yep. and if you think about it again, not to get too nerdy, but when our grandmothers were alive, our mothers and I, like me, yep. you, we were all together at the same time in that physical body. Yeah, because the eggs, and I mean, yeah. you know, not to get crazy or whatever. But it's think about whatever your grandmother went through, mm-hmm. your mother went through, and you went through energetically.
0: Yeah, yeah, and
1: epigenetically.
0: No, that's that's one hundred percent true. I mean, the architecture of your brain. Um, changes. And it's interesting because in this class this week studying about motivation, we were also studying about just the impact of growing up in a certain way and it, facing trauma, whether it's verbally, physically, yeah. whatever that is, it changes the architecture of your brain. Yes. And can you actually change it back? And you can't change it back necessarily because you can't go back in right. time, but you can um, you can shift your responses right. um, to things moving forward. And then that can create new... Mm-hmm.
1: And you can create the new groove, groove mm-hmm. patterns in your Pathways, brain. Pathways, yeah. Right? And people, I think they don't understand that yeah. idea. They just go, this is who I am and this is how I'll always be. Right. And it's like, okay, then do, do that. But yeah. don't complain about your shitty life. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I, do, I will not get down with, which is that victim mentality where people yeah. just... Complain and complain. Like my mom does it sometimes, and I love my mother. Yeah. She'll call me on the phone and she'll be like, oh my God. And I'm like, babe, we've been having the same conversation since yeah. like 1987. Like enough. And then you know what she'll say to me? <laughs> I know. Aww. I know. It's like she can't help herself because yeah. the complaining is not even. She doesn't even want to complain. It's a groove pattern, a yeah. program in her brain that just runs, just like a freaking computer. Right. And that's what our brains really, truly are—just like mega computers that, like, no one will probably ever figure out in our time. Yeah. Right. And so we, uh, with my mom, I don't even get mad. I used to get so mad at her, Laura. I'd be like, listen. <laughs> But now I'm like, oh, look at you, you cute little cutie pie. You're just working on your groove patterns. We've got to get <laughs> this that. programmed, deprogrammed, yeah. you know, and I just yeah. accept her for who she is. And little by little, I kind of just like plant those little ambitious seeds where I'm just like, even to my own mom. Yeah. And then she starts to get it and then she goes back to sleep and then she starts to get it and then she yeah. goes back to sleep. But at least she's having those little glimpses of awakeness, which is so important.
0: That, yeah, I, I do the same thing. And you know, the, the, Going back, I mean, we, we we go back and forth all the time, but it's like when you have that awareness, you can put yourself yes. right back on the path.
1: I've had a lot of, I call them step one moments.
0: Yeah, okay. I like that. So I've had a yep. lot of
1: step one moments in the yep. last couple weeks and I actually would say to my husband, like, I am so embarrassed of myself. I'm so, and he'll be like, why are you shaming yourself? And I just get so angry because I'm like, I'm freaking smarter than this. Like, why would I even get roped into this thing? Or why would I even think like this? But I feel like it's like, um, you know, to shoot an arrow, you have to pull it back right before Mm -hmm. you release it. And I feel like, and I don't know if this ever happens to you, but like right before you're going to like make a huge jump and level up, don't you feel like you always kind of like retract back to the shit pit for a moment?
0: Um, I was just (laughs) in my entrepreneurial group at college and, um, we were just talking about this, talking about, I feel myself pulling away from certain things and there's turmoil coming up and it's getting me for a split second to go, am I stubborn? Am I this? Am I that? Am I wrong? You're like,
1: maybe I'm the problem.
0: Maybe I'm the problem. (laughs) And then I'll ask other people the sanity check, right? But it's, um,
1: but it, it, it's a growth spurt. It is, really. it hundred percent is. So now, even though I hate it, mm-hmm. I loathe those step yeah. one moments. I actually get kind of excited when I have them because I'm like, oh, I must be on the cusp of a really big like yeah. level up or a really big breakthrough. It's just weathering that energy yeah. right before the breakthrough happens. Yes. you know. And it's what do they say? Like, it's not a breakdown; it's a breakthrough. Yeah. But usually, you have a breakdown <laughs> right before the breakthrough. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's like an old version of you is dying off. Yes. And you're stepping into the new version and then there's that, that space in between. Yes. You
1: know? And, and in Bitches, I talk a lot about dark feminine energy. Yeah. So a lot of us women who are trying to be more feminine, we're very much in our light feminine energy where we're like, we're going to cook, we're going to clean, we're going to wear like the little house in the prairie dresses. <laughs> where I'm more like the Kali, like destroyer yeah. female energy where I'm like, okay, I know that the old me has to die so that the new me can be reborn. And if you're not in a constant state of death and rebirth, are you even living? Right, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. are you even living? So yeah. I try to really step into that energy all the time where it's like death can be really painful, but what's on the other side is just so incredible that it's just like, you know, I'll go through the little bit of pain for what's yeah. on the other side. It's so worth it. It is, it oh totally my gosh. is.
0: Well, how do people start to embrace this this HBIC kind yes. of mentality and, yes. and setting these fierce boundaries. I mean, how do they even start and begin on this journey to mm-hmm. trusting their intuition? So
1: a lot of women that I talk to get super overwhelmed because a lot of women that come to me have been in their like nice lady era yeah. for a really, really long time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you have to step into your villain era. And that's really hard for people, yeah. right? So I'm not saying like be the bad guy, but when you step into that energy, you are going to be the bad guy to a lot of people, especially the people who are into your closer inner circle or your inner sanctum, yeah. because they all really love you as you are. And it's very triggering to them to see you start changing yourself because that also uh, can affect their own groundedness within the relationship because yeah. they're like, Oh my God, why, why is Laura going on? acting all yeah. crazy? She's acting crazy. Yeah. And you're like,
0: I am fucking crazy. Cause I can't <laughs> take this no
1: more. <laughs> right. So like you get into that energy yeah. and it's like, I don't want my women that I work with to have mm-hmm. to get to that point where they have like a total freaking conniption fit meltdown. Yeah. So what I do is it's all always about steps. So first of all, take a very, serious consensus of your life. So sit and quiet. It's always about quiet because as you know, when you're around a lot of people and a lot of energy and everyone's like telling you how you should be and how you should show up and what you should be doing, it's really difficult for you to differentiate their voices from your own true voice, that voice of intuition, right? So first of all, get really quiet. Maybe you pick up meditation. It doesn't have to be sitting on a meditation mat. It could be walking. It could Mm -hmm. be, you know, doing something that you enjoy like hiking, but just being alone and setting the intention to ask spirit, like, what are the things that I'm struggling with? What are the major themes throughout my life? Maybe even going back to your childhood that has been coming up like (laughs) whack-a-mole over and over and over again, right? And just when you think you got that issue licked, the little, hi comes back up. (laughs) hit me. Yeah. Um so take a really serious consensus of what are the things that keep showing up in my life over and over and over again that are making me feel disconnected from my truth which are making me me feel very inauthentic which are making me feel like a, a people pleaser, mm-hmm. right? So first, see, the the fire engines are here. And they're they're like telling me, yes, Katie, what you're saying is very important. It's it's (laughs) very important. It's very important. (laughs) So taking that consensus and going through all the different facets of your life, maybe even think about people in your life that have been in your life that have taught you like really hard lessons. Mm -hmm. And it's really funny. If you do this, you'll start to notice that it's the same person. Just with a different mask. Oh, yeah. Which is like, <clears throat> yeah. It's like rats, you yeah. know? Like, you get so frustrated with that. And then write down all these things. Then start to say, okay, how would I, if I was being in my total power, how would I combat this? Right? So, for example, let's go back to the guy telling me to twirl for him. Right. Okay. I know this is so ridiculous, but like, think about it. I could have twirled around mm-hmm. in a circle, and that would have been totally people pleasing for him. But I chose to be like, I don't twirl for anyone. So, Or like say, this used to happen to me a lot. Because I'm very funny and I'm very crazy. And I think that people are like, oh, she's just Katie. She's just crazy and funny. Like you can say anything to her. Uh, you can do uh-huh. anything to her. And nothing will ever upset her, right? Mm-hmm. She's just so chill. She's so cool, which is not the truth. Because <laughs> right. I will yeah. I have a limit. Yeah. And I will take things and then I will be like, oh, you know, that's, that's the end. So people yeah. always would say like crazy shit to me. Like just wild stuff off the cuff, right? Mm-hmm. And I'll and I always tell this story on my podcast where I was in a, a wedding, and this my best friend married this ding a link. and I was like, "Girl, this is not good for you." And she did it <laughs> anyway, and I was like, "Whatever, good, like you're gonna have problems, honey." And I'll never forget, we were at the wedding and we were taking pictures on this rock, it, it, like by the beach, and I have very big boobies, like very <laughs> large. I'm a very large chested gal. Okay. <laughs> And I had this dress on that made my boobies look a hundred times bigger. Right. It was just very voluptuous that day. And I'll never forget, we were taking pictures and he was with all his groomsmen and we were with all the bridesmaids and he said in front of everybody, my God, Katie, you have the biggest boobs I've ever seen in my entire life. And all the groomsmen were like turned white Oh my! because gosh. they all respected me and they right. all loved me. You know, yeah. they were like, whole, I cannot believe this guy just said this to her.
0: Yeah.
1: And I... Just looked at him and I was like so stunned mm-hmm. and I didn't say shit. And that's not like me. Right. Now, hindsight is obviously 2020. And when you have these things happen to you, don't you go back and go, I should have said, yep. said this and I should have said like this and mm-hmm. I should have like just because I really wanted just to like take his little penis and tap dance on it. Right. That's what I should have done. Just ripped it off. And, right there. Yeah, did the little buffalo <laughs> shuffle the buffalo, right? Yep. But I didn't. But Someone said to me once, one of my healers, because I told him the story because I was so upset about it. I was so embarrassed. And she said to me, what if you just said to him, what did you say? Mm. Because it it would give him two options. Either A, this is what usually happens. They would say to oh, I was just kidding. I was just joking. Yeah. Okay, no, you weren't. So he would look like a total asshole. Or he would say it again and look like a total asshole. Right. And just that, like... Such a powerful thing just to go, what did you just say to me? It's like so, to me, that's so powerful. That is. Instead of like doing what I did, what I was like covered in my chest and I was like so embarrassed for the rest of the day, even though like that's not who I am. I'm a very strong, powerful woman. But you know, sometimes people just catch you at the wrong time and whatever. Mm -hmm. And ever since that day, when people now say things to me that I don't like, Mm -hmm. I just look at them and I go, what did you just say to me? Yeah. And they get... Let me tell you, if they're guys, their penises actually retract into their body. I actually have seen it happen. Okay. Oh, yeah. And if it's a woman, yeah. like she's like, oh my God, I should, she, it checks her real quick. Right. Right. And either way you win mm-hmm. because you just know, oh, I have your number now. You're an asshole. Mm. And then guess what? You don't mess with that person anymore. Right. But how many people actually have relationships that are really close relationships with people that they treat people like that every day? Right, And then people go, I don't know why I feel like shit all the time, Um, because you're surrounded by a bunch of assholes. That's why. Yeah. But when you have these boundaries in play, your whole life opens up, and then you start to really see things for what they truly are. So it's all about really taking the time, taking the consensus of your life, all the things that aren't making you feel so fresh, mm-hmm. and then really coming up with like almost like a game plan. You know, it's like you have to be a war strategist. Okay. And you're in the military, right? So you <laughs> yeah. like, you're like, yeah, yep. tell me more Got about it. this. Got it. So you have to be a war strategist. Yep. You have to always say to yourself, I was a war strategist in a past life. So I know very much. There about- you go. Yes. Yes. I was a Viking. So when you think about going to war, yeah. now this may seem like a very negative thing to talk about, like life shouldn't be war, but there are some things that are like w- war, right? Mm-hmm. So if you say to yourself, okay, I'm going into this. Thing today, Whether it's uh, you know, a party where you have to like, do small talk with people or you're making a really crazy business deal where you could make millions of dollars or whatever it is, you have to say to yourself, okay, could they attack me from the air? Could they come by sea? Are they coming by land? Are they coming at night whenever all of us are in our tents, you know, Mm -hmm. sleeping, right? And you have to do that with your life. You have to think of all the alternatives and all the different scenarios that could happen and be prepared for those things. And a lot of people will say to me, but Katie, isn't that like being a little doomsday preppy? Well, yeah. I mean, sometimes there's doomsday's days, right? You know, there's great, really great days and there's days that are going to test you and you have to be ready for everything. And that's really what boundaries are all about. I love that you said that.
0: Have you been in my neuroscience class? No,
1: but I should. (laughs) Should I I be teaching this damn class?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, because that was another thing. I'll wear my (laughs) glasses. (laughs) The planning for when things potentially could go wrong. When you're in the moment, you know, your heart rate elevates, your blood is rushing to yes. your core, yes. and your brain is foggy, your thinking is foggy. So, just being aware of the things that could possibly go wrong and what would be my stance in that moment. So, you're pre planning. The guy, it was a TED talk I was listening to, is a pre mortem. Oh, cool. Right. Just thinking about the things.
1: And then, then you're clear. You're doing that when you're clear. So that's
0: very smart.
1: Yes. But uh, like you were saying, like when Mm -hmm. you go to war, right. You're like, Oh my God. Like ever see like the war, um, scenes in like movies or television shows where it's like chaos. Like Mm -hmm. no one, there's like things coming over your head. There's like swords coming at you at all different directions or whatever. And it's true. All the blood drains out of your head and goes to your body to protect itself. Yep. Right. So, but if you train yourself almost like, um, you know, David Goggins, who's like the big Navy seal, when yeah. he's like, uh, I knew that every day, like he was going for his swim tests, I'm negative buoyant. So they would put him in the water with his hands tied and his feet tied and be like, figure it out. Right. He knew every day he was going to go get his ass kicked in the pool. So every night before he'd go to bed, he would be like, okay, when they throw me in the pool, I'm going to do this. When they throw me in the pool, I'm going to do that. And guess what? He, I think he was like a ranger. He did buds and whatever the other thing is, like the highest whatever. He didn't just do that because he was picking his butt. Right. He had to pre-plan every step. And I know that you know, a lot of people will be like, that's too much work. And you know what I say to that? Well, you know what? So is being a mediocre person. Yeah. But we have to choose our hard And I'll tell you right now, I would rather be an exceptional person because I feel like it's our birthright to be exceptional, and I think it's our birthright to have everything that we've ever desired, and that is not a privilege. When people go, oh, that's easy for you to say because you have privilege. No, I do not. I grew up with nothing. Everything I had, I have had to scratch and claw my way to get there. I've done shit that I would not proud of to get to where I am, but now... I have learned all the lessons. I mean I'm still going to learn lessons. Don't right. don't let's not get it twisted. Yeah. But I'm so proud of myself that I think in the way I think now because no matter what storm comes my way now, I I will sway and I may bend, but I will not break. You have to be so rooted in your energy and and it all falls onto you cuz guess what? As you know, no one is coming to save you. Yeah. No one is coming to save you. You we as women have to save ourselves. Like all this old bullshit of like the, the knight is going to come on his white steed looking like someone who just was, you know, the head of the gay pride parade, you know, like with the outfit on and like the pomp and circumstance. And you're like, yes, King, he ain't coming or she ain't coming or it ain't coming. Whatever you're into, I don't give a shit. Right. Okay. But you have to save yourself. You have to save yourself. And this is what people don't want to do because they're just waiting for someone to come along. And if you're going to do that, like you're just going to end up in like one of the people in Beetlejuice's waiting room, <laughs> like with the little head, the bone in yeah, the neck, the girl, right. you know, the whole thing, yeah. Oh, <laughs> my God. right?
0: Yeah. It's like, I mean, it's doing the, wor- the work versus working hard, right? And oh. it's, it's doing the work is what is going to move you farther, faster yes. in your mind. Yes.
1: But don't yeah. you think that's also a problem that we as women have that we've been taught that we have to work hard and we have to sacrifice to get ourselves to the place that we desire to be mm-hmm. and nothing can be furthest from the truth right. because the biggest deals that I've ever done, the biggest things that I've ever accomplished in my life really wasn't hard work. It was like I was vibrating at a very high frequency at the moment and I was just attracting the things that I had put in my you know, ethers a long yeah. time ago. And the things that I've worked the hardest on mm-hmm. have sucked the life out of me and made me exhausted in all aspects of my life. And they were never rewarding. So yeah. it's like, we, yeah. but, but we've been brainwashed. To think that hard work is what we have to do and people are going to come save us and, yep. you know, blame it on Disney, blame it on, you know, the fairy tales your mother used to read to you when you were a kid, whatever, I don't care. But the truth of the matter is that is a fairy tale. It's not going to happen. Yeah. The end. The end. You know? Mm. Oh my gosh. Uh, there are so many riffing
0: points that we, we could go on I love having these conversations ever. though. I know. I know. I um, know. But I, I'm so grateful that you joined me on this call. They're going to get so much value Thank out of this. You. And so how do people connect with you? We're going to have that in the show notes Yeah, too, yeah, but-
1: yeah. So if people want to connect to me, they can go to my main website, which is kbmfc.com, okay. Katie Boyd's Misfit Club. And they can also, I have my own app, which is called the Ambitious App. Um, it's an absolutely incredible community of women from all around the world. And we teach them all the tools that they desire to take their lives to ambitious levels. And I'm also, um, I'm on Instagram at Katie Boyd ambitious, okay. but most of like my real stuff is happening over on my app. And it's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it is really, it is really, really, really good. And then my book is also for sale on kbmsu.com Which is also, I have that too. Yes. And so and ah. we just did the audio book. And so the audiobook is available only on my app. That's so it's awesome. like an app exclusive. Because okay. I know a lot of people like, I like to listen. I, I mean, yeah. I read books too, but I like to listen to books as well, just because Kill Two Birds with One Stone. Right. So yeah, if they're looking for the audiobook because they don't want to read a physical book, then they can go over to the app.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you for thank you. having me.
1: This was so fun. I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours.
0: Yeah, we could go on and on. And I really appreciate you. And um, for those of you listening, definitely head over to the app, head over to Katie's website, get the book. All awesome things. And again, thank you so much for listening today. And remember, leave a review on ratracereboot.com, whatever platform you listen to your podcasts on. We'd be grateful. We read them, we respond, and we'll see you next week. Remember, everything is created twice first in your imagination and then in physical form. We'll see you next week.